Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. working white man north of the eight. Oh, are you north of the eight? I am north of the eight. North of the eight, dog. Fuck. It's cool to have you in here. Nobody knows who you are because you're north of the eight. So that shit doesn't exist, but drop a little background on you, dog. Oh, me? My name is Jay Jones. I've been in this game for a little bit of time. Started out back in the day. Uh, My first brewery that I worked at was a place called Baja Brewing Company. It was located in downtown in the gas lamp. Uh, Now where the Hard Rock Hotel is. Uh, and that kind of began my journey into craft beer a lot. Worked at Carl Strauss for a little bit. I uh, worked at a little place called the Liars Club down in Mission Beach. For Legendary. Legendary. I had a lot of fun. Partied it up. I uh, had the opportunity to uh, help Ian Black open up the Tornado. I was there for the first couple of years. Um, then I was at Thorn Street uh, for a little while. Thorn Brewing Company. And now... Damn, that voice cracked when you said Thorn. <laughs> you know that place? That little place called Thorn? Raccoon riding the bike. Mm. Yes, that place. I love that place. But I was there for a few years, and then now I'm at a, a brand new brewery that just opened up this year called West Brew, and uh, we're brewing up in North County, a land that I am not super super familiar with either. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, we're with Jay Jones. Oh, that's me, alias El Charlie Way, aka El TFTI, also known as Kevin's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like little weenies to each other online. And every time I come in here and you're at the brewery, it's like, you're always like, oh, you're awesome. No, you're awesome. You're awesome. Yeah. Well, he's handsome. Have you seen him lately? <laughs> I'm happy that your new brewery and our brewery, were linking up and making a beer together, Absolutely. bro. Absolutely. That was first priority when, I, when we started up with West Brew. First priority aside from that, for I wanted to get you on the podcast. Oh, you know, you, you, got, you got a lot of fucking hate built up inside you of fucking <laughs> this beer, the beer industry, bro. I mean, I want to see if I can uh, tap into that and then and, and help get some of that out and you can spew some of that insight. Cause it's like, bitch, you've been in this thing for a minute. I have. You've I been have. in this. I, I've done seen some shit. You have, man. You've went, what year did you say you started? Oh, uh, 96. 96, man. Some yeah. folks were still in high school when that yeah. happened. Me, yeah. I was still in high school. Oh, How old are you? I am now 45. You are 45, 1996. And then 45. Damn. I think that equates carry the one. You're old. You're fucking old. I'm old. I'm 41. I'm not too far <laughs> no, behind. You're not. <laughs> Jay Jones. Yes. We've we've seen to a lot of things together. Yes, we have. We've been t- to do a lot of things together. We've been faded together. Yes, we have. We've we've shared tears together. Absolutely. And now we finally get to make a beer together. Absolutely. But actually, slow down. We've made a beer together before. Yes. Probably one of our favorite beers that we ever did. It was called IPA Hole. IPA Hole. Some of you may recognize it as a mohawk uh, wearing raccoon because uh, we linked up with you guys at Thorn and we yeah. did that. It was a great beer. People still yeah, ask for it. Beer. I still see people rocking that shit. Yeah. It was a dope ass shirt. Dope ass logo. That was Greg who did that logo, right? Gregory did that logo. Yeah. 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 So what does that tell you? I feel like sometimes branding beats beer quality. Branding beats everything. I think that uh, branding resonates in the memories of people a little bit more than beer quality does at this point. Just because there's so many different varieties of beers that are constantly coming out all the time. It's not like it was back in the day when it was like, you know, Sierra Nevada Pale, Racer 5, you know, Stone Arrogant Bastard. You know what I mean? Those are like this. Now it's just. 
Those were the pillars of yeah, San Diego style now, beers. Now when you look at beer releases, well, you know, with San Diego Beer News, the beer, new beer releases every week, there's 35 new beers yeah. coming out every week. So I think it's really tough for a beer drinker to remember exactly what a particular beer tasted like. But when that kind of more, that logo or that, that emblem, that symbol of that brew, that still resonates in your memory because it's a visual thing. So I think people remember that. More people more. are, yeah, they're, they're kinetic learners, yeah. meaning that you got to see it to believe it Absolutely. and then you got to touch it and then there it is because- Taste, shit, taste isn't even all. Taste can vary throughout the <laughs> yeah. day, man. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, your taste buds are in the morning versus at night are totally different. You know, I'm a smoker. So, you know, Damn. my, you know, my palate's all kind of messed up. But Weed or what? I, I, I do that. And when I don't work, let's yeah. take this opportunity to thank you to our sponsor, Grasshopper. Grasshopper, available for delivery, available for all of your needs. Pretty soon they'll be coming out with their storefront, their brick and mortar here located in Chula Vista, the first legally operated dispensary in the South Bay grasshopper. Thank you guys very much. Always reach out to them. Ghbuds.com to set up your delivery. Drop that emo Brown, get that 15%. I work with somebody at UPS who does this shit on the daily, on the regular, bro. Homie's name is Ruben, supervisor Ruben, red hat Ruben, the beanie wearing monster. He drops that fucking order every day or every other day. And then he shoots me a message. Hey bro, I just did. I just put that, uh, that emo Brown discount. I got it. 15%. All I ever want is for you to give me a shout out. Got you, boy. <laughs> Ruben, you keep supporting GH Buds and Emo Brown. We love you. <laughs> Bro, I'm not going to tell you where I got this beer that I'm drinking before we get further down the uh, dark path of, of San Diego beer, but it is a marijuana-infused beer. Ooh. A marijuana-infused beer, homebrew, so don't get all your ass up in a twist. Yeah. We, we didn't brew this in a... In a commercial establishment, we actually brewed this at home, and it's actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, I tasted a little bit. It's not pretty, pretty dank, bro. It That's is. Mean. It is a legit cannabis beer. Yeah. Like I'm tasting, I'm like, whoa! If a brewery made this and it was legal, I'm thinking they, they can do some things. Do some damage. So we got to talk to somebody about making a weed beer a thing. Yeah. Didn't people make that before? Once when it was a little bit more wild here in the in the wild wild west. I, I don't know about you know a lot of people were using terpenes. Mm-hmm. Was that at Thorn? We were we were That's using right. terpenes. We're Sticky just, Henderson. Yes. Exactly. Uh, oh, uh, OG on, IPA. Hold on. Yeah. I don't I don't remember Sticky Henderson was uh, the weed IPA, but Sticky Henderson is probably my top three beer names of all time. Yeah. That's a fucking rad name. Dope ass name. That's Eric Shelley. That was an Eric Shelley beer. Sticky yeah. Henderson. Sticky. Did you guys make merch for that? No. You should. I know. Guess what? I'm a tal chicle. We're going to sit down and we're going to see if we can figure out a way to bring sticky. Do you guys still make that beer? Do, or rather, <clears throat> in your previous life, <laughs> did, did you I, make I think, that beer? I think they're still doing it. I'm not sure. It was it was a part of the rotating IPA series. They're essential Ooh. IPA series. So I'm not exactly sure what they're doing with it now. You're going to have to put in a phone call to Tom Kiley. Yeah. Give, and see little, what happens. Boston time. Yeah, yeah, Boston, Boston time. Boston time. He eats Man. fucking cold pizza underneath the fucking car. Oh, he does. <laughs> so let's see. Tell me about Westbrook, bro. Westbrook, man. So we're, at, we're in Vista. Beautiful. Mm. Vista. No, we put the Chula in Vista exactly, Playboy. Exactly. A uh, beautiful Vista, the vast Vista. It's appropriate with this name because it's just spread out. And, you know, if you want to look at your neighbor, it's a pretty far view. Oh, really? This is freaking nuts. Uh, well, we have a few different breweries that are around us. Nice. Uh, big shout out to uh, Five Suits, Nick Corona, just okay. down the street from us, a couple other guys. But we opened up uh, late August. Um, During the pandemic. Right in the middle of the pandemic. How but- brave of you. Well, we're kind of, we're in a shit or get off the pot type situation. You know what I mean? It was a, about a year of planning. Um, mm-hmm. Josh uh, Shear, who's my owner, and then Matt Johnson, who's the general manager. Matt Johnson. Big shout out to Matt. I remember him. SDSU. He was part of Helms, right? Yes, indeed. Ah, oh, fuck him yeah. And his dad owned Helms. Ah, oh, so they're no longer, well, there is no Helms anymore. No, no right? Helms. It became two roots. 
Two Roots. Okay, yeah. so they're not affiliated with any of that. Yeah. Oh, good for him, bro. Yeah. I, I remember Matt Johnson, yeah. former professor of something at a San Diego State of Mine. Yes. I don't remember what, but. One of the beer classes. Something. He worked, yeah. yeah, he did the beer program. Fuck yeah, good for him, That's bro. one of the main reasons that we did this collab with you guys. Really? It's because uh, these are the two main breweries that graduated from the SDHU program. We're a main brewery somewhere, bro? Yeah. Okay, hey guys. In, we, in my heart. We've done it. We've done did it. You, you done no, it. actually, that was awesome. Uh, the San Diego State program, the craft beer business program came through. Uh, I think there was like 27, 29 of us of the original class. I was part of that with a couple other heavy, heavy hitters yeah. in the industry that came through, bro. I mean, the professors at that time were who? Uh, Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill. Uh, Scott Blair. Yeah. Um, Johnson. Was not was Tommy doing stuff or no? I don't even remember, bro. I was high most oh, of the time. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But I mean, I got passed. Pe Peacock was there. Peacock was there as a student. You know, um, so it was, it's an awesome program. Yep. I, I definitely vouch for it. They they had our back when we were just kind of homebrewing and trying to figure it out. They put a little uh, they put a little business twist on what we were doing, yep. and then we took that to the to the powers that be and presented it. And we were you know lucky enough to get it off the ground and, and push it forward. And here we are, fuck, pushing it forward almost on four years, bro. Four years, dude. That's ridiculous. I almost want to throw out last year. I should. It was a non-function, non-operational yeah. year. Well, you guys are still open through most of it. You yeah. guys, you guys crushed. You you pivoted and adjusted oh, like fuck. like everybody. Don't say pivot ever again. Unless you're saying pivot like as a North County punk rock band from San Diego, dog. Uh, oh, pivot, pivot. They're power. Uh, no, they weren't. They were uh, Encinitas. Really? Yeah. Come on, guy. Oh. Well, they they were on Red Eye though, right? Ooh, tell me more about Red Eye Records, dog. Uh, I met the dude. Oof. Well, so back back in the day, I uh, used to work at the Denny's mm. in Poway. That's a pretty star-studded Denny's <laughs> looking back now. When you, honestly, when you look yeah. back, it's like, so yeah, all the guys, Russo and all the Unreal mm -hmm. guys were always there. Blink-182 guys mm -hmm. were always there. Um, Power, pouring Mountain Dew over their head, probably. Those guys <laughs> just, are fucking crazy. Just doing stupid shit. Yeah. Oh, my first, my one and only uh, Dine and Dash was the uh, the two original members of Blink-182. Tell me about a Dine and Dash. What's that? Well, you know, when you order food and you eat it and then you run out without paying your bill? Ah, uh, I believe that comes with a privilege, sir. No, if yeah. I do it with Dine and Dash, I think I'm getting shot in the back of the leg or something, bro. No, they, <laughs> they make you pay first. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> have a chance for that shit. Go ahead and dash now. <laughs> Feel free to dash whenever you want. Damn, so you know. were committing robbery at a Denny's with fucking the dudes uh, from Blink? No, I was the waiter. I got- Oh, you got <laughs> dashed. I got dashed on. <laughs> it's two Charleston chicken sandwiches. I still fucking remember it. Who was day. it? It was Mark and, uh, what's his name? Tom? Tom, yeah. Damn, dog. Yeah, and, and the original drummer. Scott- Scott Rayner. Eh, whatever. I don't know. What do you mean, whatever, bro? Come on, guy. These, yeah. those guys are like pioneers, bro. They're pillars of the North <laughs> County community in Poway. No, that's crazy. You were totally into that scene just just by you just, dropping Red Eye Records. Just, it, yeah, it was, just, it, was, it was super super random that I and I just got to meet and hang out with those guys. Uh, I think the bass player, the bass player for Unwritten Law, or maybe it was Pivot, worked at Elephant Bar. Okay. Which was he was a cook at the Elephant Bar, which is just across the. Away from I think us. his name was Pat Bell. Yeah. 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 So, and he used to come in like every night. So we would rap. I was John Bell. Sorry. Yeah. Me, it was John, like kind of long, mm -hmm, bigger mm -hmm. guy. And uh, I was trying to actually get a record label up and going. At Tell the me time. about that before we delve into beer. Oh. Tell me about fun shit, like fun interesting shit, cool shit before shit. I get into the cool. boring world of beer. Well, I was way into hip hop uh, in high school. Tell my, me about way, way into hip hop. What does that mean? Uh, so me and my buddy, Eric Stoyer, um, he was a rapper and, uh, he taught me how to make beats. And so what we did is we tried, we made an album when we were in high school, we did it over spring break. It was great. It was, so this is in 91, 92 rented, rented a sampler from apex music oh, by San Diego yeah, state. Yeah. Uh, rented, so bought a guitar from apex <laughs> at San Diego state era. <laughs> yeah. So rented the stuff for the week for, during spring break. And we just literally just sat up in his, in his, in his room. You for, still have it for what? 
the fucking the, the recordings and everything. Oh yeah. 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 You still listen to it from time to time? I, they're all like, it's all on tape. It's all like, it's either on yeah. dad or like original cassette. Cause we recorded straight to dad. We're doing it on a task. Hey dads, bro. Yeah. We're doing a four task and four track, bro. Yeah. Hey, that's how it starts. Dude, yeah, exactly. You know, that's all we needed to do at the time. Would so. you ever go back? I would love to do that shit. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm starting to make music. Yeah. yeah. No, same band, same, same shit. Just kind of redoing it. We're at that age, bro, where we try to like relive old glory days. We're in the uh, Al Bundy poke high scored three touchdowns era of our life. You know, when it's like, damn, I used to do this. I can still do that. So yeah, we're, we're, you should fucker. I should. Well, Eric's still doing it. So Eric lives up in the Bay area. And um, if you check his stuff out, it's not the ones um, rocket ship records. He's doing all that stuff still too. So he does all that kind of stuff. So he's always like, "Hey, dude, whenever you want to do it, just come up. Let's we'll spend a weekend. We'll just we'll just do a whole freaking record." Damn, you're like a Rick Rubin type, bro. Look at you. Look at I, you. I wish. I wish. So what else in music? You did any uh, punk rock or just strictly uh, uh, hip hop and yeah, hip hop? And then and then got into a lot of rockabilly stuff okay. back in the early day, like certainly in the the hay of the swing era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Little uh, uh, big bad voodoo daddy. Big little, bad voodoo daddy. All those guys. Uh, so it was uh, heavily involved in that kind of rockabilly scene. Um, Hot Rod Lincoln. Hot Rod Lincoln. So the, uh, the girl that I was dating at the time um, was managing Hot Rod Lincoln, so I was kind of co-managing them. And then it was a up-and-coming band called Atomic Bombshell okay. with this amazing female lead singer. So we did that demo for that as well. And then things just... And then, well, you know, honestly, you know what happened? It was fucking Napster happened. Yeah. Like, because I was never really like uh, an artist or a musician type, you know what I mean? I loved making beats, but I didn't think my beats were... My solo beats were particularly interesting. Or, uh-huh, uh-huh. But when I worked with Eric, it was great. And I really wanted to do more of the business end of the record business. Rick Rubin. And then, and then fucking Napster comes out and it's like, well, nobody's making money on, on printing records anymore, making CDs anymore. So it's like, It seemed right. like more of a novelty. It was like one of those boxes to check when you were in a band. All yeah. right, cool. We have an, uh, an album, a CD, boom. Check by. Oh, we have shirts. We have merch stickers. All right. Boom. Check box. Oh, we're going to fucking play at, for us, it was like, oh, so my main stage. All right. Boom. Check box. Okay. Now let's take this tour up the, up the coast. Let's see what I, boom. Like yeah. those are like the little checklists. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be on warp tour. Boom. Boom. Mission accomplished. I'm done. Yeah. You know? Ah. And then you get to that point, right? Where it's like, okay, so what? Now what? Yeah. What new boxes can I check mm-hmm. without like completely either fully committing or fully selling out yeah. in order to check that next yeah. box? And it gets tough, you know? And that era, um, I feel in that era, it was the, for us, it was the heyday, bro. I mean, it was late nineties, early two thousands. You, you know, it, there was a local music scene. 100%. Paved by unwritten law, yeah. paved by Blink-182 for better or for worse. Yeah. Those are the fucking guys that put it out there. And even before that, Lucy's Fur Coat, yeah, Lucy's fucking Rocket, Rocket from the Crypt, yeah. bro. You yeah. know, the Dragons, all of these yeah. things, all of these bands are here locally. And San Diego has a very rich, rich fucking um, a music scene, rock and roll scene, yeah. hip hop scene, yeah. just in general. Like there's a lot of music and talent that comes out of here yeah. that in that area it was like, boom, yeah. And then shit or get off the pot. I turned 24, 25. I was like, you know what? Are we all in or what's going on? Are we going to like take this show cross country? Or are we going to just stick to doing shows up and down the coast? And that's it. Yeah. You know, I, I said, no, no, I'm 25 now, bro. I'm out. That was, I feel, now I look back, I'm like, fuck, yeah. imagine. Yeah, but that's the tough thing though. You, you would have, yeah, it's, it's, that, it's that weird growing up adult decision where you got to make where it's like, it's like shit or get off the pot. It's like, it's, you're either all in, you really have to commit. Cause you, in anything in life, I think if we've discovered as we've gotten older, it's like in order to be successful at it, you really have to jump, kip, yep. commit 110%. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure you were willing to do that, but some probably some of your bandmates might not have been. Yeah, and, and like, that's that's how it ends. And that's and that's how it ends because it's like you can't carry everybody. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and and in order to be successful, you you, you need gotta, a squad, bro. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta fucking want it, and you gotta be hungry, and you gotta wake up every day doing it. 
sometimes you don't even sleep. Yeah. You just <laughs> you just you keep just doing go. it all night, bro. Go, yeah. well, I remember the our make or break moment for me. I remember like it was yesterday, bro. It was like we we had the opportunity to jump on a on a record label here, uh, drive through records, and uh, we went up there, did a showcase for them. We went up, played a, you know played like I think a, a new EP that we were fucking with. Played it all, pop, 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 and they really liked it. And then I remember one of the owners is like, "Hey, looking at our our uh, lead guitarist, do me a favor. Can you like jump on my back and like crack my back?" And I was like, "Whoa, that's fucking weird, bro." And then, and then I just kind of started poking around and asking other fucking. <laughs> And I was like, hey man, real shit. I don't think I'm down for this. And they wanted us to like switch our sound and do all a bunch oh, of other yeah, shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, this guy just seems a little bit odd to me. I'm going to take a pass. Came yeah. back. I remember we did our last show at Soma. And I remember being on stage being like, hey, as a rap, bro, three punk is, or three pieces over. And that was, that was it. That was it. Huh? That was it. Dog. What was Soma? Uh, the newer one. Oh, yeah. It was, it was the transition. It was, yeah. And those were fun. Everything was fun. Every, yeah. It was a blast. Yeah. It was a blast, right? It's super, super fun. But crazy. But now- you take that working ethos, that mentality, that do do it yourself kind of like mode, and you you applied it to your industry, yeah. the beer industry. You've exactly. been a hardcore salesperson since I've known you. You know, you you dabble in, in tasting room when needed because that's where the money is. Yeah. I've I've learned that now moving forward operating these businesses. It doesn't matter who the brewer is. It doesn't matter who the owners are. People know the tasting room people. Yeah, like who's serving my beer. Yeah. And those are the people who get the money. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> well, people want a face yeah. to the beer, right? When and you go to the bank, you know the teller. You don't know the motherfucker in charge printing yeah. the money. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah, know. Yeah, the teller is the bank. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You're not John Thune who owns Wells Fargo. Do it, dog. Look at you. A G. Wow, fuck. APG Anini for Bank of America. What's up? I can, I can get down with some names and CEOs, huh? <laughs> um, so here we are now. You're operating at West Brew. West Brew located in the North County. Um, yep. You're using us so you can get a little bit of that uh, South Bay mentality. I get you. It's all good, baby. I'm not using <laughs> you. Baby, you know that. We're using each other. We are using each other. Yeah. And this fucking beer that we came and created, yeah. bro. It, and you guys marketed it perfectly, prepared it at the time when it means the most. It's a San Diego State tribute beer, oh, yeah. more so to the uh, athletics program, even more scoped into the, the basketball program. When? On the day before San Diego State plays Syracuse in. March Madness. March Madness. Killer beer. Killer beer. Killer branding. Thank I'll, you. I'll put some, some, some photos of this up, but basically yeah. this beer is called Monty's Revenge. Monty's Revenge, obviously for people who I went to state back before, uh, you know, when we were older and younger rather, Monty's is, is, is something that was always referred to. There was a square, there was a pub, there was everything on campus, you know? Yeah, yeah. And now I think they've removed all of that. Yeah, they, uh, they, Monty Montezuma is no longer part of the- uh, Curriculum or yeah, anything. It's not part of the imagery. It's an <laughs> Which I guess rightfully so, but this is a throwback, and I, I don't think we're exploiting the uh, the Aztec culture as much as as embracing. Well, no, because you brought us in, you brought some Aztecs in to hang out with you and do it. Simon, <laughs> Simon, Simon Bato. No, so the the, the compita chicle got down on another on a shocker. He killed another label. Cold crushed it, dude. Dude, this is a very legit label. We're gonna put it up right now. You can see it. These beers will be available up North County when you want. You go in there, you pick up a four pack. But guess what? We brewed a little batch of ourselves down here in the South Bay. Oh yeah, yeah. And we're going to throw these labels on it. And these beers will also be available for pickup here at the brewery tomorrow, Friday, just in time for tip off. Because for those of you who aren't familiar with the way the uh, March Badness situation breaks down, it's one and done. So you want to party, you want to hang out, you want that, uh, that official like San Diego State, I believe that we can win beer. You better get your asses down here tomorrow oh, yeah. before tip off at six o'clock, pick up your four packs, post up here at the brewery, go home and watch it. But damn, man, th this, is, this is a killer label. Let's see what this beer is all about yeah. though. Honestly, if you don't drink this beer, 
during the San Diego State game. They will lose. I, they will lose. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm letting everybody who's listening know right now that if you fucking jinx us, I'm going to mm. be pissed and I'm going to find Look out. Who you are. I taste the redness. How good is that? Huh? It's, it's a, you know what? 6.66%. Oh, you oh. devil worshippers, you. Do you know that uh, every collaboration that I've ever done with Three Punk Ales, it's always been 6.6% ABV? So who's the, uh, the, 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 the devil worshipper, us or you? I think I it's, it's you. I think it's Kevin. Yeah, it's Kevin? I think it's, dude. Maybe it's 3.33 you and 3.33 us. And when we put them together, that's just a solid sixer. Yeah. Good beer, man. Hoppy red ale. Heavy centennial hops on this bad hoss, but nice and light in the body. But it's, you know, it's a red ale. So it's got a little bit of that malt backbone that you're looking for in a nice red ale. But the hops are really, you know, just enough malt to really carry carry that aggressive hop, hoppy tones to it. Today, yes. Thursday, yes, March 18th, the tip off of March Madness. No, it starts tomorrow. Well, there's play-in games today. Oh, the play. There's four play-in games today. Correct. Don't be, oh, you fucking, you fucking with the gambler, homie. I mean, I'm ready, guy. I'm, I'm, I'm ready fucking for this. Par, you parlaying some shit. Where already. I'm gonna release this episode right now when we're done, bro. This, this is gonna be one of those like time-sensitive, friendly episodes. Oh, wait, oh, Kevin's coming in with something. Okay. But hold on, Kevin. Before we get to that, I want to finish this thought. Um, today, Thursday, we need to release this episode because today, Thursday, this beer is being released. Where the fuck can I find this beer? Jake Jones yeah. L. Charlie Way. Charlie Way, easy. Uh, so you can find it, uh, obviously, at uh, both of our West Brew locations in Vista and in Del Mar in a restaurant. Minor Dick Swing, both of our locations. Proceed, proceed. Yeah. Um, you can also find it at Three Punk Ales, as well as Elwood. Mm, wait, what? Oh, wait, did you just put me in a position? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Fuck, Yeah, I, yeah that's, like, that's what I do. That's Matt's out of town. I'll buy a fucking case of this shit. <laughs> Um, also, uh, Woodstock's Pizza SDSU, uh, our good friend Matt over there. Uh, Cascaloni. Yes, he is the man. So we're going to be doing a big release there, actually. So we're going to have when? a Friday night. Nice. So nothing tonight. Nothing tonight. I was under the impression that tonight was the night. Oh, I'm yeah. still fucking releasing this episode today. I, I thought today was the episode down at a at a Woodstock's with pizza. Let me tell you about Woodstock's. Well, we were going to do that. So that was, this is the thing. It's, you know, hey, we, we're not going to use the word pivot, but mm. it's 2021. So we didn't really know. When uh, NCAA was actually going to start March Madness, typically they start on a Thursday, Friday. Fuck all that, Jay. We during the pandemic, we don't really know when certain deadlines are going to be met here in our industry. We don't know when the beer is going to be done. We don't know when the labels are going to de- be done. We don't know when the manpower of the actual labeling. All right, Kevin, we get it. Cheers. What are we drinking? What are we going to drink here? Oh, nice. A little JD. Um, cheers, boys. Okay, congratulations on another success, successful uh, collaboration. First one being? First one with West Brew and Three Punks. First one being IPA. IPA, whole papin, yeah. Hey, started. why does my have more? What the fuck, dog? All right, cool. Cheers. This beer will fucking kill it, dog. Yeah. It uh, Without a doubt, it's going to be one of those beers that people are going to, if San Diego State wins. They're going to win. Right, relax. They're going to win. They're going to win. All right. But I just want to uh, note on the Woodstocks thing. So Woodstocks, SDSU, obviously, they're going to have it on draft. They're also going to have cans and cases. Are they really? Oh, hell yeah. And they're going to have those available for delivery. So when you order your Monty's Revenge pizza, mm. you can get a four-pack of this delivered to your house for nine ninety nine as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you. I hear him. And that's a, and it'll be available at not only the Woodstocks by SDSU, but the Woodstocks in Pacific Beach. They have two Woodstocks? They do have two Damn, Woodstocks. Damn, I'm yeah. doing it wrong. Oh, you got, you got one three punk ales. And an Elwood. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm talking about, you got, you already dropped dick. And, oh, at uh, one of our two locations at West Brew. Oh, Woodstocks. And they're, all right, I get it, yeah. bro. 
I'm, I'm fucking up. I'm, I'm behind the ball, the eight ball. All I'm right. just, we're just trying to compete with you. I That's, look to you, Steve O. Garcia. You're at the beacon. This is this is your your first mistake. Oh. You, you ain't got to worry about what your neighbors are doing, bro. You gotta you gotta just put those blinders on and keep trekking. Do your thing. I am, but I'm always look, I'm always looking at you, man. Why? Why? Because I'm in your way. No, because you're the inspiration, man. Shut the what, fuck up. What you've done, what you and Kevin and John have done in the last four years with Three Punk Girls has been fucking amazing. It's been it's been a lot of hard work, and yeah. you know what? It, it, the the roots on the tree it spread further than us three. You know, we've got we've got like a, a, a small investment team behind us that you know helped us get up and running. We've got fuck my parents' dog, yeah, and parents. it's 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 a family run business, bro. Absolutely. You know, it's hardcore. It, those of you thinking opening a business, really think it through. <laughs> really think it through. You know, just when you think you know, fuck yeah, I got it. And look at it again. Look at it again. Um, I was yesterday. I had a. Well, a couple of days ago, I had a homie on the, we we're talking about business plans. I went into my files and I found our first business plan, bro. I looked at it and I was like, God damn, this is cheesy as fuck. It was a cheesy <laughs> ass, like in two years, we plan on doing this. That will be referred to as phase two. In phase three, we're going to be doing this. And I'm like, God damn, we were idiots, but we've been true to the phases. Damn. We saw the four or five years ago that ultimately our landing spot, our, our face of the brand was going to be on third Avenue. And I was like, and this was before there was anything on here. I yeah, just knew like, right. I, we need to get on third Avenue. Cause I feel like that's going to be the spot where things pop off. And ultimately we got here and I was like, oh, so you kind of looked through those things. And I was telling our homies like, yeah, it, it's, it's a fluid motion. It's nothing. A, a business plan isn't like, you know, this is it. Yeah. We can't, we can't veer from this A to Z. Now, man, you look at it and it's like, you go, oh, sidetrack, oh, sidetrack, oh, sidetrack. But ultimately the goal remains the same. The goal, doesn't matter how you get there. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. And in order to, it's, and honestly, and you know this more than anybody in business, you need to set that goal, but it's getting to the goal doesn't matter as long as you get to the goal. And that's what you got to keep fighting for yeah. the whole time. And that's, that's the work. And you can't ever lose sight of that. Cause when you, when you start losing sight of what, whatever that goal is, that's when you just, you know, you get off track and that's when you fail. Bro. What, and that, and, and to, for me to even take it further on that one, bro, like getting to the, the goal should never be the fucking goal. You know, for me, it's like, you got to run through that bitch. Hell yeah. If I see the goal line, it's like, all right, cool. See right through it. And I tell my kids like, that's not the finish line. You got to, you got to run right through that. Yeah. And you know, and, and I, I don't know where I was listening to something and they were saying, you know, marksmen, they don't shoot at the target. They shoot through the target. You want to make sure you're shooting at the object behind it. And I was like, I guess that makes sense too. You know, yeah. you're like with business, with goals, with whatever you're, you know, I want to lose weight. All right, cool. How much you want to lose? 20 pounds. Fuck you. Shoot for 30. You know, there it is. And then just keep going and keep going. Just keep doing it. Oh man. I'm hyped. hyped. That means state's going to win, bro. Fuck yeah, they are. State is currently a minus three. What does that mean to the non-gambling world? We must win by four. Yes. (sighs) We will. Hopefully if we make those, we got to make those free throws. I don't know. How far do you think we're going to get? I'm thinking sweet 16 minimum teams, Mm -hmm. teams stacked. We got, you know, we're very fortunate, but we, I think that the, we, I say like I'm on the team. Um, I just do a little assistant coaching. How do you? How do yeah, you? I, well, I come by the arc sometimes. <laughs> I give them lessons on jump shooting. You talk to Dutch every now and yeah, then, bro. Hey, just, just saying what's up. You know what the Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> Have Matt Mitchell, you know, maybe a little drive a little harder in the paint. <laughs> maybe no forearms when you're leading. Yeah. Well, well, Steve Fisher will call me every now and then and be like, dude, what, what are we doing wrong? Hey, Charlie Wayne. <laughs> and I'm fucking like, yeah, guy. He's a fucking good guy. Bro, I feel like Sweet 16 is a necessity. Yeah. There, that's like the low bar. Yeah. But this fucking first game is going to be tough. A, this is a tough Syracuse. one. This is, the, this is the toughest draw that we're going to have up mm. until probably the Elite Eight, if we make it to the Elite Eight. So I'm thinking Sweet 16 minimum. I play at least playing next weekend. 
And uh, if I would have known uh, how great this team was going to be in the second half of the season, I think we probably would have brewed a little bit more of this beer. Yeah. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Just gives you an opportunity to see through the finish line and do it again. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I feel like last year's team was way better than this year's team. Yeah, last year's team yeah. was pretty damn good. The only game I went to last season was the one we lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, oh, I fucking remember yeah, that Yeah, the only yeah, game. all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to finally go to a game. And then they lose. I remember texting you. Well, way to go, dick. And then I remember betting on UNLV because they were like a plus 11. What does that mean? San Diego State had to win by 12 points. I was like, nope. Yeah. Not this late into the season, not on the precipice of March Madness. They were about to get like a number two, I think, or maybe even a number one. They were looking at like they were looking a number, at a number one, maybe. Number one, number two. Yeah, but I was like, oh, you know what? This this ain't the game. This ain't it. Twelve point victory at home this late into the season. Nah, senior night, bro. This ain't it. This ain't it. So I dropped some money. I dropped big money on UNLV, and then I went with uh, I went with small teeth. I went with Albert, and uh, and he, he got me the taste. Hey, I'll take you, bro. When we were sitting down, I was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know, dog, I got money on fucking the running Rebels. What the fuck? I better bring you. I was like, I'm just letting you know. It's like, I hope we win, but I hope we win by less than 12. <laughs> yeah, when a spread's like that, that's not like you're, you're not rooting against the ass. Bro, halftime, I think we were rooting for money. We, we were up like one point at halftime. I looked over, I was like, dog, I'm good with this, boy. I'm a... All day, all day, I'm, I'm good if we just keep it like that. Everyone left the stadium pissed. Everyone's like, oh, my God. Rah, rah, rah. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Drinks on me. Oh, man, Monty's Revenge. Monty's Fuck, yeah, yeah four packs available. For me. Here you go, brother. Thank you. Make sure you crack it on the mic so it gets that awesome effect. <laughs> you got it. That's it. Oh, Ooh, shit, dude. bro. Ah, paired perfectly with the Woodstock's pizza. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Woodstocks. Woodstocks has some bomb ass oh, pizza, man. Yeah, that sauce is. We, we've done a little. Um, we've done we've done some pint nights there. We haven't done that in a while. Obviously, nobody's on shit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel like the the, the pint nights are the business. Um, you go in there and uh, you get like shaker pints. You pay five dollars or something, and I think the beers are like two dollars the rest yeah, of them. Exactly. Some shit like that. Some, something crazy. And it's it's, it's yeah. a good time if you guys are in the San Diego area. I would highly recommend you guys head on out to Woodstocks. Uh, they're not a sponsor, but goddamn. There are homies. And you better look into him, Maddie. See if see if maybe you want to sponsor the Emo Brown podcast. Yeah, you should. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. What else you got for me? What's what's good? What's what's, what's what adventurous? Pop, what's popping? You know, it's uh I think we finally got through all this bullshit a little bit, right? I, like I'd seen a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm, yesterday was the first day of red tier. Red yes. tier, what does that mean? Twenty five percent indoor capacity which so really means 100 is, is that what it means that's not that's not fucking bullshit oh. unfortunately yeah or, is that what goes on in vista a lot of like fuck, no fuck non-law abiding citizens no well in carlsbad they they were pretty much staying open the city of carlsbad was pretty much wide open through most of this lockdown how does that make you feel as being a very intricate part of a business it's, it's and what you guys yeah, did yeah <laughs> so it, it's uh it's one of the most frustrating um situations because it's really out of your control a lot of the things so it's it's really on it's really up to you know a business owner's personal choices to how they want to do things so you know what we did is you know we we were compliant you know we went to a, a, an all to go format uh when we had to really hard do, to do for a new brewery hard to do for a new brewery it's yeah who who honestly like you know i'll be honest and not shit ourselves like who the fuck was going to drive to my brewery and visited they never heard you know what i mean Besides, if they knew one of us, then they'd come and try our beers. But with the exception of that, there's nothing else. So It was, it was the tough. worst time to be yeah, a new yeah, brewery yeah, on a to-go a, method. It was, yeah, exactly. It was very, very tough. But, you know, we, we persevered. And uh, what we always wanted to emphasize was we always wanted to do the right thing. One of our mantras in every meeting 
Because like, you know, basically you were having a, a management meeting almost every week because there'd be some kind of new change yeah, yeah. in the environment. Yeah. So you're like, okay, so how are we going to do it now? And we'd always talk about, it. it's like, let's just be sure that, you know, when we look back six months after this whole thing's over, we can look back and go, yeah, we did the right thing. We did all the right things. You navigated through yeah, the yeah. uncharted yeah. waters. And I'm not, I'm not hating on anybody who had to make, no. you know, make their choices. Not at all. You We've know gone I mean? over that many times yeah. here on the podcast. It's like, you know what, man? It's a tough position to be in. It's tough. It's tough. I can I can see the hate going towards like Go- Governor Gavin Newsom, bro. Yeah. You know, our local mayor, Ms. Mary Salas here in Chula Vista. I, I see why people are going after them, but they got to realize they are, they're answering to a much bigger cause and need than, than individual businesses or, you know, they got to look out for people. Yeah. You know? By no means am I always on board with like a, a, a Governor Gavin Newsom and his decisions. I'll, ultimately, bro, his decisions affected my livelihood, our business operations, and everything. But I'm, I'm like, yeah, bro, I get, I get what you're trying to do. Heavy as a head, wears a crown, yeah. and then that's a tough gig to make. And I feel like people don't, they don't care, bro. They were like, fuck that, you're doing this, you're doing. That. I'm like, ugh. Take a step back and put yourself in his role. What would you do? Yeah. If you do this, you're gonna piss off them. If you do that, you're gonna piss off them. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to make everybody there, there, happy. Yeah, there's a, it's a no win. It's a no win scenario. You got to take a step back and realize he's doing it for the ultimately what percentage is going to benefit more. You know, if, if I save this or close that, fuck all that dog. That's why it's like, I'm just happy being a business owner, a family guy. I don't got to worry about that. They yeah. say, you can't do this. Fuck it. Then you know what? We're not going to do this. Yeah. Our number one uh, objective during this whole last year was make sure the one are not compromising the health and safety of my staff Two, not doing the same to the community in which we operate. Yeah, I live in this community. Yeah. So ultimately that affects me, my family. We walking around them getting sick. It's like, fuck, did we do that? Yeah. Is it because we were open and blatantly just like, ah, we don't care about Corona. We don't care about yeah. mandates. And then people get sick because there's breweries that opened yeah. and, and, and there was uh what are those, what's the word called? Uh, outbreaks that were, you know, they were pinpointed to their locations. Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't live with that shit, bro. Fuck no, dude. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It's it, 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 the, one of the biggest uh, problems. I think w- what this, what this pandemic happened to our industry is it really ended up. Uh, normally the hospitality industry is this very, it's a recession proof industry. You know what I mean? Doesn't really matter, you know, how, how the economy is because everybody's going to go and eat and drink. Right. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're always safe from that. And we, you know, typically as an industry, we can stay away from politics because people in the industry have all sorts of different politics, but we don't ever express those because that's not our job. Yeah. Our job is to feed people and get people drunk. That's our job. And yeah. It, it, yeah. That's it. It's a microcosm yeah. of real world though, bro. I mean, yeah, but, you've got far right, you got yeah, far left, you got people hanging out in the middle, you got people who'd rather not even talk about it. Absolutely, but we all just, we all kept those that shit to ourselves. Well, i careful on that we all shit. Okay. Because there was a few breweries that just kind of like went off the rails and well, did their well, thing. Well, that's the thing. Well, that's in this last year, and that's the really disappointing thing for me is to watch watch this kind of infighting and this backbiting. Like, mm. this is something that we didn't ever have to face before. Yeah. We never had to face this, like, I hate this, like, yeah, I dislike this guy because of certain behaviors, you know, is buying, yelling at people, whatever. You know what I mean? There's a, there's always those guys. Put a name in that face. Who is it? What are you uh, talking about? Yeah, you don't know that, you know. Oh, you shit. Know. You don't know that, you know. Oh, my God. Double talk over here, bro. It was just crazy. You know, you'll never it see. It's just, it just really, it was really sad. It's really sad. It's really sad. And it's really disappointing to yeah, me. Yeah, and Kevin and I talked about it. We're like, yeah, we're going to sit this one out. This has nothing to do with your, because maybe Kevin and I don't have the same politics. Yeah. You know, I know I don't see eye to eye on everything that he sees, you know, and I'm like, Whatever, dog. That's not going to affect how I think or feel about you. Yeah. You know, and we had that conversation today at work at UPS. 
um, somebody that's like has a, a very firm, hard standpoint on something. And and then like he was like, well, what do you think? Like almost like goading me into it. I'm like, bro. And all honestly, I don't give a fuck, dog. All right, you're a grown ass man. You have a family. You have a job. You have responsibilities. If that's what you feel you have to do to take care of your family and check the boxes that are your daily responsibilities and priorities, who the fuck am I to stop you? Okay, do that, your thing. Yeah, do your thing, man. Same token though. If I don't believe the exact same shit you do and you see me doing what I have to do to fucking feed, clothe, and everything my family and people that work for me and work with us, I don't expect you to do the same shit. You know, like yeah. I, I just expect well, you yeah, to be yeah, like- Yeah, don't, don't criticize stay me. Stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah. Don't criticize me for what I'm doing. If you think I'm doing the right thing, if you think I'm doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, you just- There's a time and place for those discussions, yeah. you know? And those are, it's not at work. Yeah. It's unfortunately it's on social media. It shouldn't be on fucking social media, but it is what it is. And that's why Kevin and I were like, yo, let's just sit this shit out, bro. You know, like we may or may not agree with the shit that's going on, but who fucking cares what we think? We're just adding more unnecessary fuel to this out of control fire. Ultimately, we're going to piss one demographic off. You're going to piss somebody off. You're going to piss off a demographic. And it's like, you know what? If we're going to piss somebody off, let's piss people off by not even getting involved. All right. First off, not my game. Yeah. You know, not my game. No. The two objectives that we wanted to make sure is we're not putting anybody in danger no. down here. And that's it. That's it. For breweries that opened and did their thing, ain't nobody going to hate on you. Not no. here. You do your fucking thing. I understand everybody put their life savings, their life no. ambition, everything into this pot. And then just to be shut down for a whole fucking year and see it slowly drip into non-existence, I could see that being an okay. issue. No. But I mean, even then I was like, figure out another way maybe. <laughs> It's, it's, I'm, all, I'm reminded more and more of that scene in Goodfellas. Mm, no, wait, wait. Mm, let me, yeah, let me, let me yeah. sit down for this one. Go ahead. So when, uh, when Ray Liotta gets out of prison, right? Henry Hill? And, and, he's, and he's talking with Pauly, Big Paul, and he's like, Pauly's talking about him doing the drug deals. He's like, mm. he's like, I don't give a fuck what you had to do when you were inside. You did what you had to do. But now that you're out, you need to not fuck around with that shit. And I feel like, I feel that that's where we need to be as an industry right now is like, we need to go, Hey, I don't give a fuck what you had to do last year. You had to do what you had to do. That's fucking cool. All right, it's 2021. Everything's open. Fuck what start, we start need. Do, start doing the right goddamn thing. What we need and what is the reality are two different fucking things, bro. You know, because there's certain things that people forgive, but there's certain things that motherfuckers will never forget, ever forget. I, I know a few breweries that... They will always be stuck with the stigma of like, man, man nah, I don't oh, like dude, those guys. And I'm like, the challenge. That's you know, idea. and once you do that, like you said earlier, we have too many options, over 150 fucking options here in San Diego alone, the craft capital of the fucking country. Yeah. Don't fuck around. It's like, but, so, but, now, but now it's like this. It's like, now you hate a brewery, not because of their the beer. quality. Like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It used to be like, oh yeah, you just shit on that, that brewery because you're like, you've had that beer and you're like, dude, that beer is just that straight garbage. You know what are you talking about? Am I talking about? Yeah. Um, no, no, don't. I, you, you seem wild. You seem you seem reckless. Like you would fucking totally fucking call out a brewery. I Forget would never that. call out a brewery ever. Because <laughs> I understand the trials and tribulations. We all do. We mm-hmm. understand fucking how it goes. You yeah. know what I mean? You can only do what you can. You can only there's only so much you can do, and shit just happens. I'm yeah. There's a lot of things out of out of this industry's control. Like if you're operating a brewery, not everything is going to be a ten. Yeah. There's going to be a few eights. Shit. There might even be a seven. You know, but in San Diego, I feel like the, 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 the rope of like forgiveness is a lot tighter and, and shorter than in any other city. One, bro, you're in San Diego. That's just, the, that's just the way shit goes. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be in this game, quality, 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 you know, that's your fucking ticket to even go in to yeah. watch San Diego state play. you got to have quality beer to well, be in this game. That was the thing. So I used to have this thing called the talk. So when, uh, 
was at Tornado. Mm. And when we were buying beer and I was buying beer and, you know, new breweries would come in and, they, and they, you know, pitch me on tastings and, and, and I taste these beers and I taste their IPAs. And, you know, mind you, this is like in 2008. So it's a little bit of a different landscape then. Yeah. Snobbery, beer snobbery was at an all time high. At that, Well, I don't think it was, I don't know if snobbery was at an all time high. They're just, there wasn't a lot of ch- uh, choices and the choices that were there were really, really great. You know, there's really, really good beers. And so what I used to say all, all the time to when when a, uh, either a brewer or a sales guy would come in and test me on those beers and they test me on their IPA and I go, you know, okay, this is good. This is decent. But to be honest with you, bro, like I can't put this beer on because it's not, it's not advantageous for you as a brewery to have this IPA on next to Kern River's Just Outstanding, Alpine's Pure Hoppiness, Russian River's Pliny the Elder, Russian River's Blind Pig. Blind Pig. I, I have, if I have those IPAs on and your IPAs on there. It's going to be a minute before it, anybody even touches it. It, <laughs> it. Well, it needs to compete on that level. Otherwise, I can't control what the public thinks of your beer. Because if they're going to drink your IPA and they're going to drink a Blind Pig or a Pure Hoppiness right after that. If you're not, if you're not competing, if you're not in that, if you're not in there where it's like, yeah, this is just as good as that beer, then you're fucked. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's, and that's shitty. It's not a, it's, it's a shitty position for a brewery to be in, but it's a reality position. And so I used to tell people, I used to tell those breweries all the time. I'm like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I think this is a really, really great beer, but I don't want your beer to be judged poorly because this IPA is not nearly as good as a pure hoppiness is. Ultimately, what brewery did you tell that to that now has kind of like corrected that and brought their level of brewing up to the next level? Was there somebody there, like a I, young I, brewery that you're like, you know what, dude, it's, you, I see what you guys are doing, but it's not ready to compete with the big, the big guns in this industry. I, I, wow. So, so long ago to think about that. Um, you know, some that are just not, not existing anymore. Mm. Um, it would be a the big thing. So I, that's tough. So fast forward now to 2021, yeah. bro. Your 2008 was a different ball game, yeah. you know, 2021. I'm going in there to have a talk with Jay Jones at, at a, at a very, upper echelon beer bar and I'm taking you a beer to sell you. Yeah. Like, Hey bro, this is what we got right now. I brought you three beers. I brought you a Brown. I brought you our lager and I brought you our, our West coast IPA. Boom. Yeah. What does a conversation go like now? Are you still going based on quality of beers? Are you going now based more on the hype behind the brewery? Are you going around the branding of the brewery? Do you still gauge these same things when you're, you're buying beer as a, I think it's, I think it's different now. Yeah. Um, I haven't been in the beer buying Side of, of this industry, you know, almost well over five years now. Mm-hmm, Shit, mm-hmm. about five years. Crushed. That was, crushed, was that the crushed, last crushed, one. Crushed was the last place that I actually bought beer for. Still now. around. Still around. Of course, Crush is killing it. Mimosa flight, son, all day. Dare I Mimosa. say, crushing it? They're crushing it. Oh, I think yeah, crushing yeah, it. Yeah, daddy jokes. Right, um, so it would be interesting. My, my conversation now, it, it would be one hundred percent different. It would be, it would be a lot about the marketing and the branding and, and the pull through, mm. I think it's, I think it's, it, it, that would be my, my concern and that would be my question. That would be, cause now it's, it's really about the pull through. It's how fast that beer is going to sell because I've, I've, I can understand things a lot better now that I've, I've been on the sales side versus being on the buyer side is it's really about how, how quickly that beer sells. And, and that, that, and, Nowadays, that 20, puts a new brewery behind the eight ball, bit, yeah. bro. And, and in twenty twenty one, that that doesn't really necessarily depend on the quality of the beer. That you know, what I mean, that is marketing. You know what I mean? 
That is, that is who you are. Like hype breweries and hype beers wasn't a thing. Fuck. That wasn't a thing six years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like hype, hype fucking breweries. That's, you know, it's like, you're either, you're either a a production. Like you just, you want to be a fucking blue collar fucking everyday brewery, or you want to be a hype brewery. Those are really the two directions you can go in. Right. You know what, bro? I remember when we were getting into this game, there was, well, what, what's your goal? You know, do, do you want to ultimately take over a, a larger footprint and become like straight uh, mass production facility where you're looking for skews and fighting for shelf uh, life on at grocery stores, this? And I was like, nah, that was never my intention. No. Uh, are you going for a flash in the pan, brewing all the new age, cutting pastry stouts, fucking super duper double dry hop, fucking lactose being she hazy yeah. IPA. It's like, that was never really us either. Yeah. And they're like, well, what are you trying to do, bro? I was like, we're going to be a small fucking brewery in a neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, well, why not just be a beer bar? And I was like, no, because I'm from a small community that ventures outside of this neighborhood to try beers. Yeah. I want to retain those people. I want to make sure that people from the South Bay know that, hey, you don't got to go you pretty far. Try, yeah, you don't need to you don't drive need up to, to yeah, fucking North Park. Yeah, to, get, to have get fucking good beer, beer. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. And then my... Our project, our vision, coupled with everybody else's vision in the South Bay, Machete, fucking uh, Manhattan, Chula Vista Brewery, Bar Nombre, everybody now on the block, Third Avenue Ale House, everybody had that fucking same mentality. Exactly. It's like, why do we have to go fucking to North Park, North County, East County, downtown to try these beers? You don't. No. So we said, this is our market. This is our model. My model is this. My storefront is in the neighborhood that we were raised in. Why? Because I know what we drink down here. Oh man, I don't know, bro. Mexicans don't drink craft beer, dog. Like what? All right. Black people don't drink craft beer. Asians don't drink craft beer. I'm like, damn motherfucker. Obviously you're not in North Park and seeing yeah. the, 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 the vast difference in, in, in cultures and everything. That's and, a, you know, that's the fucking shit that I fucking heard in 2003, dog, at Liars Club. Like, so we're at Liars Club. Tell a little background yeah. on Liars Club. Liars Club opened in 2000. Uh, I helped Lewis uh, with the build out there. Uh, I wasn't quite the, uh, ready to, to start working there, so I ended up working at Carl Strauss for a couple of years. Carl Strauss. Uh, which was great. Great experience for me. Really uh amazing amazing experience that i got gained so much beer knowledge they they paid me to learn more about beer like i did i did the entire cicerone training program before the, that was even a thing it was a thing but it was just it really wasn't promoted for anybody to do it yeah, it yeah. was more internal industry yeah, like it was there wasn't even a there wasn't like a national mm-hmm, test thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i went through that entire thing and they paid for that entire thing for me you know did it, it we did it at the home office across it was fantastic and then when I finally joined the team at, Le- at Liars Club to, around 2003, I, I felt like I really had like a shit ton of crap beer knowledge at that point. And uh, so, you know, it, Liars Club was already a crap beer bar that was already off the hook. It was already it was already going crazy, getting a great reputation with great food, great jukebox down at the beach. And uh, when I came on, we still had uh, Coors Light and Miller Light on draft. And I was like, we got to get rid of this shit. And we pulled it for Yellowtail, Ballast Point. R.I.P. Yes. That was that was a great beer, fucking great beer. name. Still the same beer when it changed its fucking name. Yeah. But I don't know, something about just yeah. going to a restaurant or a pub. I think, I think Yellowtail, you know, you can talk about Eric and Bastard, 
you can talk about red trolley. You can talk about arrogant. I, you can talk. No, you said that. Yeah. You can talk about any of those beers as being cornerstone San Diego beer. I think yellow, yellowtail is the not beer. only that, but it's, yeah. A- yeah. I, yellowtail was the beer that got non crap beer drinkers into crap beer. It, it was still a, a familiar flavor profile, just a little bit thicker in the mouthfeel, which lent them to wanting to drink IPAs and all this kind of good things. But I fucking remember gateway beer, 100%. And I just remember sitting there when we pulled Miller light and Coors light off a draft and we were, you know, we're doing a keg or two a week of those, those things. And, uh, and those guys came in, those sales reps, the representatives from Coors and Miller came in. They're like, there's no, you you guys are 150 yards from the fucking actual water. You're right on the beach. There's no fucking way that people won't drink. They, they, this is what they want. And we just looked at them going, no, it we, doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't even, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we still needed to make rent. Yeah. We knew that people wanted to drink craft beer and we're like, no, that you, what you think is wrong. Mm-hmm. What you think is 100% wrong. And they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, all right, cool. We'll fucking show you because we fucking believed it in our hearts. And we still do to this day. Yeah. All, you know, Lewis, me, all that old school crew. We all believe that, that people want, people will drink quality beer. We're at eight dollars a pint. Uh, that, well, that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I remember going to Dan. This is controversial take. Going to Green Flash, bro. Before Green Flash turned into what Green Flash and everyone thinks of what Green Flash is, I remember going to Green Flash to the brewery, their main hub up in Scripps, or where? Where was it? Where? Uh, fuck is that neighborhood called? I don't remember what it's called. Oh, what? Oh, Sereno Valley. Sereno Valley. Okay, yeah. so in the, their, their spot out there in Sereno Valley, and going and having three dollar pints. Yeah. $4 pints. I was like, how do they make it? How do they make this model work? I mean, then you go around and you, and you start understanding the, the, the manufacturing side of brewing and, and the business side of brewing is like, oh shit, no wonder you can make it work. It only costs like fucking 20 cents to make a fucking <laughs> 25 pint. 25 cents a pint. Yeah. So it's like, all right. So why do these assholes charge $8 a pint? $10 a pint. I was like, what the fuck? You know? And it's like, oh, so you can do it. You yeah. know, obviously there's, there's you got to, you got to. Well, I, I have an interesting opinion on that Ooh, as, to, as to why, as to why when you go to a brewery, even though in theory, the cost of goods are way less and their margins are, are way higher. Uh, the reason that when you go to an actual brewery and you have to pay what is perceived as retail pricing, you know, seven, $8 a pint, the same as you pay at a bar. And that, that really was because, I think that breweries made a conscious effort to respect and have love for the beer bars and the restaurants that serve their beer. True. And they didn't want to undercut them. Very true. Like, I, I yes, I, I know you can, we can all look at it now and, and oh, there's a selfish aspect that they're making more money on that. But, you know, let's be honest. It's like if, if a, if a brewery or a tasting room, like sold $5 pints, they'd be packed. They'd make way more cash, yeah. but they don't do that out of respect because you don't want to undercut your, your partners. You know what I mean? And your partners are the bars and restaurants. Perfectly put. I mean, we have people on a block who buy our beer, you know, restaurants yeah, yeah. Or, or other bars yeah. or whatever. And if they're selling it for six, $7, you know, cause we, we try to keep the prices of our fucking product low, you know? Cause yeah. I mean, we're a community based, yeah. you know, business. So you won't find like a lot of $8 beers unless it's like this, like one off. That's a fucking big barrel age beer or whatever. But aside from that, it's like, if somebody on down the block is selling it for, for, I don't know, $7, as much as we want to sell it for $5 and we still do like, if there's like a fucking like, like Padre a game, Padre or, yeah, game yeah, or whatever, dog, yeah. you know, whatever, like a, we don't do happy hours, but we do $5 pints a lot. Like usually just like for community based events or whatever. 
It's like, we try not to, cause I know, oh fuck, well they're selling it for seven. Fuck. Well, you know what? That's a lot. Six. Fuck it. Just do it. Do, yeah. do it. Cause you don't want respect to respect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, and I think that there's a lot of that. And I think sometimes, unfortunately people lost sight of that a little bit. And I think, yeah, whether it be the public or even like restaurant and bar owners kind of lost sight of that. They, they think it was a, a thing for breweries to make more money and increase revenue, but it really was more detrimental to when you talk about a, a brewery tasting room or a satellite tasting room, it, it's more de- detrimental because if you were selling beers cheaper, you, you would be busier. You yeah. would be packing it in. And and it's more of a respect thing for those guys. There's a respect for those other businesses. Granted, maybe some tasting rooms did the wrong things at certain times. And maybe some breweries did the wrong things at some times and did try to undercut, you know, other brick and mortar bar and restaurants, unfortunately. Um, I make no excuses for those guys and those behavior. But generally as an aesthetic, I think that's, I think it's a good thing that, and I think it's an important thing that breweries need to realize and, and, and the good ones do, the importance of the bar and restaurant scene, the importance of, of your independent liquor store scene, well, same thing where you're not undercutting your your price of your cans to go. You know what I mean? You're selling at the same price as, as South Bay Liquor is yeah. for yours. You know what I mean? Why? Because it's not because you want to try to squeeze as many as much money out of out of your consumers as possible. It's that you don't want to undercut, you know, South Bay Liquor because those guys are the homies, right? Yeah. And it's like it, and it's not cool if you can that you can go and do this. And just fuck them. You know what I mean? Because it's like, we're all in this together. At the end of the day, we all are in this together. Well, let me tell you this. The best way to avoid all that is we just don't distribute. <laughs> we don't fucking push our cans outside of the brewery. <laughs> and we don't. I mean, I, I feel right now that it's like, you know what? Let's just, let's, I almost feel like it's, 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 it's a way of like creating more. I never wanted to water down our brand. Yeah. You know, I feel like the brand, we talked about this earlier. What's more important, bro? What's more important? The quality of the beer that you're putting out? or the brand and marketing that you're pushing on it. Yeah. I feel the branding and the marketing is what gets your name out and brings people into the brewery. You serve them a nice quality pint. That's what's going to keep them into the brewery. Yeah. That's what's going to keep them loyal. And then you keep doing marketing with your brand and just pushing it. And, and ultimately you, you've sealed a relationship yeah. and it's very difficult for somebody who's loyal to something to all of a sudden just uproot and go somewhere else. Yeah. Unless you fuck up and do something online and start, you know, just, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like we're at this. Well, it's like it's like fucking Tinder, bro. You I don't know. know. I mean? Ooh, I don't know, bro. What's Tinder? Oh Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Oh, okay, it's like Grinder. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, you need to have a beautiful picture. You need to have a beautiful story to get somebody to go out on a date with you. But ultimately, it's about the quality of the date mm-hmm. in order to get your second date. Beer industry the same way. Yeah, you got to have that. You have to have that marketing, that thing that's going to at least get the can to somebody's lips. Because that's the fucking hardest part of this goddamn job anyways, is to actually get people to drink your beer. Features sell, benefits tell. So what does that mean? Coming from a sales perspective, uh, the feature is going to be, bro, look at this label. Oh my God, Chicla did this fucking label. I need that. Oh, it's on a shirt? Fuck, I got to get to the tasting room. I got to get that shirt. I need that hat. I need that mask. I need that sticker. I need that pin, whatever. Those are the features. You know, branding on it is amazing. Benefit. Oh, fuck. This is a good beer. Um, this is a very tasty beer. 
not only this is an added bonus I didn't expect. You know, one, this beer is pelotero. They have that cool little fryer, skeleton fryer, just in time for opening day. I need that shirt because I'm going to go to opening day. I'm going to watch that game at this pub. I'm going to go and at home have a barbecue with the homies and we're going to watch opening day and we're going to crack open pelotero. Boom, pour it in a pint glass, drink it. Oh shit, this is a good beer. This is, and all of a sudden, bro, you've hit it on the feature. You've hit it on the benefit. You've, you've, you've told it and you've sold it. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're doing a little happy dance. And I feel like that's where a business model will become successful over the long run. How do you survive a pandemic? You know, you got to make sure that you're, you know, you're providing something that customers want. Like I need that shirt. Yeah. Fuck it. I don't care about the beer. You know, right. and then all of a sudden they come in. That's a good fuck, dude. That's a four point. Oh, what is it? Oh, yeah, it's a four point eight lager or three point eight lager. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I want that. Fuck that. Oh shit, a rye lager. That's a really fucking good beer. Yeah. And that shirt that goes with it. Ooh, damn that label. So all of a sudden we started seeing pictures of our Chevys and Neto popping up everywhere. Yeah. Motherfuckers coming from L.A. and Arizona and from the down south from the fucking. From like TJ Rosarito and Senada at Mexicali, bro. Like they wanted this beer along the way. It's like, I just need that shirt. I just need that label. I want to take a picture yeah. of me pouring this beer and put it on social media and get all that attention that comes with it, you know? Yeah. But then they taste it and like, fuck, I don't, I don't need to get the four pack. I can just go to the brewery, have a pint of it. And that's a good fucking beer, yeah. you know? And ultimately so, that's and, how it goes. And that's how it goes. And, and you, don't you find it interesting as fuck is how much pressure that puts on your brewer? Nah, because it's Kevin, bro. <laughs> that motherfucker but was built what, for this thing. But you know what I mean? It's like, that's that's the crazy part is because, you know, from your end, all you can do is all of those things and you're going to get all those elements. Mm-hmm. You're going to get all those elements. And then it's like, oh, really? Now it's like fucking, all right, bro, Kevin. I do it you, again. I, I need you to fucking bang out. A, I need you to bang out a fucking hit, please. You and, know it, I mean? and, 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 it's, and when you find somebody like Kevin who can do that, who can bang out hits, yeah. it makes it so much, you know what I mean? You can be fucking, you can be Barry Gordy and he can be fucking Smokey Robinson. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, let, Damn, me, fuck, let me run the fuck. Tell me more about Motown. Uh, oh, I don't want to more about stacks. Fuck, dog. And, and, and it's true. And, and, but that's the thing, right? That's the fucking yin and yang. And that's what makes successful businesses is, is having both of those elements. Yeah, like fuck beer. You got to have somebody who knows how to sell it and you got to have somebody who knows how to yeah, make it. Yeah. You know, and once you have those two things, Sky's the limit. Yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm, I love Kevin, bro. And, and I know Kevin loves me and we beef a lot because we don't see eye to eye on a lot of the things, but ultimately we know it's like, yeah, well, whatever happens, we know it's going to be a good one. Well, and, the you friction know? between you two creates the energy that makes three punk ales. And then people like coming here. Okay. Yeah. Even the white people, we, we feel better about it. Yeah, thank you. Because there's a white person here? Yeah. He's down, you keep him in the basement, Jesus. which is funny. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a cellar dweller, bro. We got to keep him down. Here's the, he's the he's a late, 80, a late 80s, early 90s Padre franchise. You know, he, he dwells in the cellar. He just oh. we, we just hang him out down here, dog. Oh. All right? But, but I mean, the, the like, trans- he's like, he's, is, he like, is he like the Jack Clark of- Oh, no, fuck. He's like the more like the Brian Buchanan. Oh, damn, Bubba Trammell. Oh, shit. No, no. Kevin's a stud, bro. And like I said, this doesn't work without him. Yeah. And this doesn't work without me. That's the thing. And ultimately, nothing is bigger than the brand. And we've had that conversation with many people. It's like, bro, the brand is it. Yeah. The business is it. Yeah. You know, ultimately, everyone is replaceable. No one is bigger than the brand. Yeah. He's replaceable. I'm replaceable. You just plug something in that does what we do better. And there's a million people that do it better. But for some reason, we work well together and we get to the bottom. Our meetings are fucking hilarious, bro. Like when we have our meetings and we sit down and it's like, no, fuck that. That's not going to work. That's bullshit. Well, I don't know what that. And I'm going to need And ultimately at the end, we're just like, 
All right, cool. Let's get it. Yeah. And, and then we just move on and fucking just hops on a plate. Yeah. We don't want to do hazies. Fuck hazies. No, no, no. That's like all of a sudden, now we're doing hazies. And now we're killing it in the hazies, you know? And it's like, all right, cool. Now they're the staple part of our fucking portfolio. And let's move in. That's a dope-ass beer, by the way. Thank you, bro. And a dope-ass t-shirt, too. Ooh, I'm telling you, bro. But the beer was better than the t-shirt. Features sell, benefits tell, dog. I mean, that's from my old school life of like, you know, selling. Always be closing. Make sure everything you're doing is top-notch. Fire on all cylinders. Ultimately, always. ultimately, the brand precedes the product. Brand will get you in the door. Product keeps you in your ass. That's in the the thing. It's, it, it's our job to get it. Well, it was like what is uh, Pete from Pete Wickedale and mm. Boston Tom told me this quote, which is the best quote. So it's, it's the brewer's job to get, or it's the sales guy's job to get the beer on the shelf. It's the brewer's job to get that beer off the shelf. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that it's, I can get that. I can get your shit. I can get your shit to people, but if they're going to drink it, that's it. That shit better be good. It's got to be fire. You know what I mean? I gave you five minutes mic time. And what you do with those five minutes, you better make sure you fucking crush it. Yeah. Yeah, because ultimately there's so many other opportunity options rather to get out there and like, ah, oh, fuck. That's kind of a letdown. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll take a picture with this beer and then just put it on social media, get my fucking likes, my attention, yeah, exactly. you know. Get my coolness and then I'm like, and then I'm gonna on go to the and next. Then I'm, yeah, then I'm gonna go on buy to the yeah, next. Exactly. Retention selling, bro. Damn, we went deep into the fucking weeds of fucking the inner. Well, not necessarily beer of all things. Of all things, I think this. I think this is uh, applicable to a anything lot of, you do. Yeah, a, music. Any, anything. Any, I think anything that crosses over the creative and the business side. You know what I mean? Uh, beer's always been the beautiful uh, blending of art and science. Yeah, because it is. It is. Yeah, and and there's a lot of industries that are like that, and I think these lessons are applicable in all of those things. And so and, you're and teaching a lesson today, is what you're telling me. I'm telling you, go that, ahead. That the lesson hasn't changed. It's like the restaurant business, and it's something that I'm super familiar with because I got a fucking two decades of this shit. It's like don't reinvent the wheel. You know what I mean? Somebody's already somebody's already done it better, and somebody's already and and not somebody's already done it better. Somebody's already tried whatever idea you have, and it's failed. That's why you don't see it. Like, just understand that. Like, and it's not a slight against anybody who's trying to be innovative and trying to do new things. I'm all for innovation and trying to find the better way of, of going about anything. But don't sit there and go and, and and try to shove this, your whatever idea, because you're like, nobody's done it. It's like, dude, nobody's done it because somebody has done it and it's fucking failed miserably. And like, so just look around, <laughs> do a little research. They got Google now, which is nice. Yeah. Fucking they gave you a fucking Cliff Notes version yeah, of anything yeah. you want to do. 15, dog. Fifteen years ago, you didn't have that kind of information at the at the palm of your hand to go. Hey, I wonder if I can do this. I wonder if anybody else has done it. I wonder if it'd work. Now you can go. All right, go and fully explore that. If, if you have a dope idea that you think is groundbreaking, go for it. But do a little research to see if somebody else has done it and why and why it wouldn't. Being that you're old, yes, and you've been in this industry a long time yes. because you're old. Uh, <laughs> I'm fucking old. I'm we old. are old, bro. Bitch, I'm shitting on you because we're the same, bro. Uh, yeah, I don't even. I'm embracing it, dude. I'm. I am. I'm the happiest I've been in my entire life at 45. So damn, dog. You look. You look good too. But check this out. Yeah. You started early in this game. Yeah. Pros and cons from when you started. Before we wrap it up, pros and cons before you started and where we are now. What do you like? What do you don't like? What are the trends you see? Yeah. Where do you see this industry going forward? And let me just preface this by saying I hate doing podcasts that revolve around beer. Yeah. I really loathe it. It gets boring, but I feel like the more I've done them, I get a lot of messages. I get a lot of like uh, emails and, and, and like DMs like, hey, bro, when you guys talk about beer, it's awesome because I feel like you guys pull back the curtain yeah. on what really goes on and what people in that industry think. And I guess we take it for granted because we're inundated in it day in and day out. Like I was talking to my mom and my dad yesterday. I was like, oh, 
It's like, I got, I'm going to the brewery, coming home, and then I'm going back to the brewery. Like, that's all it is. And it, and it just becomes mundane because I'm in it, around it, surrounded by it 24-7, you know? Even if I'm home, I'm doing like social media, prepping posts, prepping fucking verbiage for the post, yeah. prepping this, getting ready for that. It's it, A lot of it is just getting ready to do it. Yeah. And then, because when you do it, it's done. It's out there. Yeah. It's gone. It's but, out of your hands. But it's like, but it's everything in your life, right? You're filtering everything through that, that I, what, what am I doing next? You know what I mean? Everything you're looking at, you're filtering it through that. Like you're like, you go out to eat and you see, you're like, Oh dude, that's really dope right there, dude. I like the way that they presented that. That's, yeah. that's, that's not, you're, you're obviously appreciating it, but you're filtering it through your business, the business mind. Is that how you view things now? I have all, I think I've always have, okay. I, it's, I can't turn it off. I, I, a lot of people get annoyed with me, especially when I was really like hardcore running restaurants. It was difficult for my friends to go out to eat with me because I would just sit there. It was always on. Yeah, I was always on. The business always, goggles were always on. Always looking, always watching, always always trying to see what, like, wow, that's fucking cool. I remember uh, me and my wife were in uh, the Virgin Islands in St. John, and buddy of mine lives out there, so we go out there a few Dropping times. Dropping dick, look at you, yeah, dog. Yeah, All you do it. is drop dick. Yeah, go I ahead, go. Um, but we I, were at this restaurant that uh, friends of my buddy own, and just I did a quick kitchen tour just because- I don't know. I'm why the fuck? Not? Cause I love that shit. Cause that's how you're wired. Yeah, exactly. That's fucking 100%. I like to compare myself to what other people are doing. Well, I know. I like, <laughs> no, no, I think cause I mean in this industry, no, yeah, you do. No, well, here's the thing. It's, it's not comparing. It's I, I can recognize the fact that I am not the smartest in this business, but I, I, I have an eye for figuring out or seeing what other people are doing and, and incorporating that into what I want to do. And that was one of those situations where they had a fucking Metro rack, Metro rack, which is a metal rack for people who don't know, but they they had suspended it from the ceiling as their pass through line, which is, I know people who are listening going, what the fuck are you talking about? But people who know, know. And I was like, it was the most fascinating fucking thing and that I'd ever seen because I'd never seen that shit done. So I had a, a 20 minute conversation with the owner as to why he did it, how he did it and how he executed it and how dope it was. And my wife's just like, bro, we're on fucking vacation, 3000 miles yeah. from home. And you're still and, figuring out and, a way. And you're still yeah. doing I'm like, yeah, dude. When you see gold, you gotta you gotta ask. You yeah. want you want to. Where did this idea come from? Yeah. What made you do it? Yeah. Why'd you do it? Fuck, you're yeah. doing it. This and, is awesome. And, and you take awesome it back, and it's work, and yeah. it works. You're like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. dope. So, so yeah. Getting back to your question, the pros and cons from when I started to where I am now. Um, well, certainly the craft beer world has changed, mm -hmm. but I think the restaurant world has changed a lot too. It it's. When I came up, there was a lot of corporate restaurant chains, you know what I mean? And then there were ind independent bars and restaurants. Um, I, I fortunately have toggled back and forth working in the corporate restaurant side and the independent side. So I got to see those. Fast forward to 2021, you don't see a lot of, you don't see what is perceived as big corporate restaurant yeah, chains. Yeah, they're thinly veiled as independently but, yeah, owned operations. But, but they are 100%. And, big and, corporate, yeah, big money. Yeah, we're, we're, and you see a lot of that, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, and, and no, Beer too. Yeah, and, and, no, and, and, and this is no slight against, you know, uh, consortium or good time design or any of these, these bigger restaurant groups. Time out. You are a white person. You yes. know how to speak English in a proper way, I presume. I think so. I think so. Um, consortium. Consortium. Or holdings. consortium, I've not necessarily the business and yeah. that the, 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 the company yeah. uh, as it relates more to the word because I I'm, I feel like I read hard. I'm sorry, I feel uneducated when I go out there and I say, oh yeah, a consortium, and they're like, what? Uh, and I'm like, oh, is it? Am I saying this shit wrong? I, I, it was consortium. It's always 
Consortium? All right, Consortium. Proceed. Fuck. I'm sorry. Fuck I'm sorry. But, and shout out to Arsalan. He's a good man. Good guy. Crazy. Another guy who does crazy stuff, but still smart, still based. He does far out stuff, but he's still based in kind of reality. Oh, Not like a, Jay, like a Jay Porter who's <laughs> based in reality and has some really wacky ideas that were fun. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So I so in, in that context, and when you look at 2021, it, it just, the environment has changed, but the environment is still the same. You know what I mean? Like the players are a little bit different. Maybe the players are a little bit more experienced. Maybe the players are not guised as the owners of Chili's mm. or Applebee's. Nothing wrong with that, bro. When we used to golf a lot, like me and my best friend, Gussie, we would go golf all of the time, bro. Two, three times a week. Yeah. Our spot was Chili's. Yeah. Why? Their service, their top shelf margaritas, and just the ambiance. And consistency. You know what I mean? If I go, if I, and I give this stupid ass example every time. If I go somewhere and have a burger and they're a large chain, I better go across the country that same large chain had that same fucking burger and I better get the same service and the same product coming out. If not, I'm like, nah, there's a disconnect. There's a fucking disconnect. I ain't, I ain't about that. Pepper on the left. Ooh, I don't know what that means. Pepper on the left is a, uh, uh, this is an old school thing. Uh, obviously. So, Cause it, it was way over my yeah, young school's yeah. head. Um, <laughs> the traditional setup for somebody who's blind is you put salt on the right or Salt on the right and pepper on the left. Okay. And so if you're blind, you can just reach your salt and pepper. And know it's there. there. And that was a consistent thing. If you went into like those, I, I my first restaurant that I ever worked at was Coco's. And then I went to Denny's. So I went, you Very know, good. I was- Banana cream pie at Coco's. Yeah. Fucking, Coco's in Mira Mesa. That's no longer there. Shout out to that place. It was fun. Um, but, you know, it. I learned that- those consistencies were the most important part. Coco's is peppers on the left because it's like, why? Because that's how it is at every fucking Coco's. And that's how that, that is how blind the, the people who are, have visual impairments. Well, if you're blind, you have yeah. a visual impairment, Jay, proceed. And, that, <laughs> and that's what your expectation is. That's yeah. where you want that. So I, I, I use that as a small example of a big example of consistency throughout if you go, yeah, if you go to the Chili's in in Chula, if you go to the Chili's in Sacramento, if you go to the Chili's in Denver, if you go to the Chili's in New York, that Top Shelf Cadillac Margarita better be the exact be the same, same thing, bro. Exactly. Every time, and that's what you want. That's what you're paying for, right? You know what I mean? Or you, and maybe not even paying for that, but that's why you're that's why you're pulling in the parking lot. That's why you're going in the front doors. That's what because even brings can, Chili's into the map. You're like, ah, I know what's going to go on here. Yeah. We can have this. We can have that, and that Shelf Margarita. Yeah. And that's, I think that's an, that's an important thing. And in this industry, we're still there. Uh, you know what I mean? I think it's just changed a little bit. I, and uh, I, I think that, I think that the, the influencers in our industry Damn. have. Damn, ooh, I think damn, somebody, I think somebody some, just somebody dropped a like, keg on their toe, did, bro. Did I hope not, they're wearing steel did, toes. Did, Jesus Christ. Did not like me talking Jesus about Christ. influencers. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I think the majority of them have their be the best intentions. Uh -huh. And I think they're doing the same thing, that same concept, that same kind of mental concept that was applied 20 years ago into this industry. It's the same, same thing. I feel like you're in this industry as an elder, as somebody who knows a little bit more, you're, you know, you've been fucking, you've seen it all. I always go on off on a rant anytime somebody like, um, I, I'm around somebody in the industry. Like I was talking to Estela the other day, Mujeres Brew House. Shout and out to her, shout her. out always, bro. And um, I was talking to her about fucking likes and, 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 and just like a social media attention. 
And I was like, you know what I've noticed is like, it's all fake. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can have a company that has a thousand, 10,000 likes on, a, on, on something that they posted, you know? Yeah. Would I want that? Yeah, fuck yeah, I would love to have like a thousand, 10,000 likes on posts. Yeah. But ultimately what I found out is like, it doesn't make business, it doesn't result in business success. You can't, you, you can't take likes to the bank. No. You know, I get, hey, you, you know what? You can't um, pay rent yeah. with likes. Hey there, uh, a property owner. I just banked these 12,000 likes over these last two, three posts. Um, we can good? I pay in likes? Yeah, we good? I got a couple shares. You know, what, what do you think? No. And it doesn't bother me that other business, other breweries, other businesses in this industry do that. I'm just kind of like surprised by it. I'm like, oh man. I've been to some of these places no. and they're, you know, and, and it's well, not, that, and it doesn't reflect what the persona that they show online. Yeah. And for me, that, that, that bothers me because they're in our industry yeah. and they're faking the funk and they're putting up a facade that's not really there. Yeah. And something we pride ourselves here is like, we're organically grown, bro. We yeah. never, I've been approached by dozens of marketing firms telling me how I can do it better, yeah. how I can improve the, the social media awareness of our brand, which ultimately I would love organically, Organic. word of what mouth, you know? It's like from one day to the next, I see businesses, oh, you have 20,000 followers. Of those 20,000 followers, how many people are coming into your establishment? Yeah. You know, less than 5% yeah. probably, bro, less. And for us, it's like, no, fuck it. I'm not paying money yeah. for somebody to follow us. I'm not paying money for our, 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 our uh, posts to be like, you know, ro robot generated likes and shit. We've worked really hard as a staff, as a crew, as an ownership to present a product and a brand that we wholeheartedly believe in. And it's grown like that. So, I mean, it's like, you can attest to this. Likes do not, they, they don't, don't always equal money. No, they don't translate it. They don't. You can't take that shit to the bank. But it's, it's thing, because I think you bring up a really, really interesting and very important point. It's even in the, look at it, let's look at it from the most like optimistic thing. You got 20,000 likes on a post. So that means you're going to get 27 people to come in and try that beer. Mm. This is all in theory, right? That's great. You've accomplished the first goal. But if 20,000 people dislike, if 20,000 people dislike the beer that they came in to get, are they going to come back again? No. So, so really, what are you gaining? Is it, is it, is it a zero, is it a zero net gain? on this like what what are you really trying to yeah it, it you, you look really good but yeah it doesn't translate and it doesn't translate to longevity no organic natural growth translates to longevity it always has and it always will like i said don't ever try to reinvent the wheel in this business because this this business has been around since biblical fucking times yeah. you know what i mean They've legit Le legitimately. Le legitimately. <laughs> they just untombed a fucking brew pub yeah. in Egypt, bro. And they're like, you know what? This could be legitimately the first bar in the history of the world, bro. Well, I've always, I've always said that, you know what I mean? Beer, not, we're talking about beer because fuck it, we do, that's what we do. But, you know, beer, beer started in fucking Mesopotamia, bro. Beer was a currency, bro. Yeah. How did they get people to build pyramids? They would send you home with a loaf of bread and fermented water. Yeah. What is fermented water? Somebody left bread in a bucket. It rained and it turned into yeah, beer. And, and then there's yeast. <laughs> yeah, it's like wine. Wine in the Bible is beer. Yeah. Just they didn't have grapes there. Just, just in case anybody <laughs> wants to know about topography. Isn't that crazy? That's the one thing I legitimately it did enjoy about the whole like San Diego State program and just, you know, personal research because I'm a geek is just learning about beer. Yeah. 
Learning about beer. Learning about what is this widget that we're selling? Yeah. What is this product that we're pushing? What is this brand that we're trying to build and and ultimately release into the wild? But what is this industry? And what, what is you know what I mean? Because it's not just about the beer. It's about what before you go on a Jerry Maguire rant and ultimately like ruin your future in this industry <laughs> and kill it. Just just make sure you think. As you finish, as you fucking pound a pint of fucking beer, you have another. I like it when you have diarrhea of the mouth. Before you do that Jerry Maguire no. fucking thing, just think thoroughly before you shit on this industry. Proceed. I'm never ever going to shit on this industry because I love this industry to death. Nice I'll, save. I've always, I always have. I, it's why I do it. It's why I won't do anything else because not only it's the only thing I know how to do, but it's the only thing that I love. It's the, it's the only thing you need to do. It's what I love, but I. I have a firm grasp and, and foot in, in the history of this business and, mm -hmm. and I've realized over the years that yeah, you don't you can't reinvent the wheel. And don't. Like be innovative. You can you you know, you can make a better wheel. Yeah. You can make a decorated differently. Yeah, you can put a better tire on Ooh, it. Ooh, spokes. Mm, how about yeah. three instead of nine? Less is more. Way to go. Mags. Mags. Remember the mags on my old I used to have mags <laughs> on my old mongoose. It was oh, dope. Fuck dog. Yeah. A mongoose. Those were cool. Dude. Mongoose, I never had one. I had a fucking Haro. Or what, See, Haros are way more expensive. I could never afford a Haro with that little skinny pipe. Skinny. And the skinny front pipe on the Haro. Remember that I remember shit? those. Those are fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're on draft. Actually, uh, if, you, if you'd like to go to the Haro showcase in Vista, we're on draft there. They just put a draft system in. So I got you. Always be closing. Always be selling. I know a lot of killer salespeople. I used to work in sales, yeah. but I know a lot of sale, killer salespeople in this industry that if we remove them from this industry, they would excel anywhere. Yeah. Simply because it's all relationship-based selling. You are a relationship-based seller. You yeah. build a relationship and from then on out, they don't care what product you represent. They're going to come back to you because they've established that relationship yeah. with you. You. Yeah. Nacho from motherfucking uh, Alesmith. Yeah. Caesar from fucking Bergen. Yeah. Um, give me another one. Ooh, Keith Bender. Don't know that person. Keith, uh, epic. But okay. Keith, Keith started out at Stone. He was with us at Thorn for a little That's while. That's where I remember that name yeah. from Thorn. Um, he was at Benchmark. Mm -hmm. uh, now he's at Epic. Like, this is a legendary guy. Go this ahead. Is a, this, is a, this is a homie, but this is a guy, same thing. He, he, very similar to like a Mike Mello, who unfortunately mm, Mike, is not in, that's not in the industry another anymore. One. But Mike Mello, I think, is like the great example yep. of what you're talking about. Correct. Where, where he went on that four brewery. Don't matter where he was at. It didn't matter. People would be like, oh, you know what? I'm opening a bar. Fuck it. Call Mike Mello. Get that guy in here. It was it one of the greatest things uh, when I was at Crushed. It was like so. Mike just just they just opened up Fall, and I had a great relationship with Tom at Thorn when I was still at Crushed, and I wasn't at Thorn, and I had a bunch of Thorn beers, and we did a bunch of stuff, and then uh, Tom brought in Dan, who was the owner of Thorn, to to Crushed, and they come in and there's six Fall handles, and and he's like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "It's it's Mike Mallow, dude." Like, the what do dude, you want? The dude walked in the door. I said, "I'll take one of each." Let's have a beer and not talk about this shit anymore. You know, because there's certain there's certain sales guys, there's certain important important people, and uh, and that's what you do. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're selling beer, if you're selling bikes, if you're selling cars, if you're selling houses, going sell, door to door selling toasters, se selling weed. You see oh. a lot. Of, you see a lot of our sales guys in this industry now going into the weed, the yeah. cannabis industry, which because it's the same thing. It's the same. It's, it's the same, same premise. Thing. Yep. You know, and and that's great. And, and so that's awesome. Yeah. A good sales guy is a good sales guy, and that's great. And if they want to go into weed, that's cool. Do your I, thing. I'm, I, I bleed San Diego beer. Yeah, I, yeah. To, Against the world, to the core of my, to, to the core, of, I'll, I'll die for it. To be honest with you, 
We started wrapping this thing up like fucking half an hour ago. I'm sorry. But let's wrap this up again. Okay, let's wrap it up. Not really. We'll see. I always say that. I said, let's wrap it up. And then it's like 30 minutes later, we're still fucking doing it. Let's wrap it up. Yes, Kevin. Oh, Kevin's no, coming in to wrap, wrap it up. up. Oh, I see you with the checkbook. Who you run a check to, Playboy? Yeah. Um, oh, nice. By all means, a necessity. Where is, uh, since you're over here? Yes. Okay. Say hi. Hi. Wait, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Sean Lewis. My partner, the, the yin to my yang, drinks handles of Jack like they're fucking Hawaiian punch, bro. This guy is a savage. Yes. Um, what were you going to ask him? I was just hoping for some more shots. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I still got to work, but all right. <laughs> I know, I, I have you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring Kevin in. I've been talk, telling Kevin that we're going to bring him into the podcast and just talk shit. But I feel if Kevin and I sat down and started drinking... There are no winners Ooh. in that situation, bro. I don't that's think that, there there's there are no winners in that situation. I think a, we're just, we're gonna uncap some shit and it, and it's just gonna go bananas. Yeah. But one day, one I feel day, I, I feel like you guys need to know a little bit more about Kevin. I the, think, I think the, the cellar dweller. I, I think the world needs to know a little bit about Kevin because Ke Kevin Kevin's done seen some shit. Kevin's done seen some shit. He's done work with some people. He's, he's, done, he's, he's done supervised some folk. He's, <laughs> All right, He's so we're the gonna, Hey, dude, I still got to go to the bar and and do some fucking dailies there. What are you What are you guys doing? I still got to go golfing. Jesus no, Christ! Where are you gonna play? Uh, playing Benita. Me and the homies. Uh, that's man, your my, home. My, that's your home course. That's bro. my home course. You know, we go to Benita, and we just actually, you know, shout out to Chula Vista Golf Course. They just picked up a keg of our uh, Colby Beef, our oh, San nice. Diego Red Ale. Oh, nice. Cheers. Oh. All right, cool, bro. Love you guys. Common misnomer that we are slowly proving to be true. Brewery owners, bar owners, all you guys do is drink and bullshit all day. No. Maybe today. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, the whole purpose of coming in here today was to pimp out Monty's Revenge, available tomorrow, Friday, March 19th. 19th. Everywhere. Everywhere. Both tasting rooms for motherfucking yeah, uh, Let me Let me put a list out of where it's all going to be. All right, go ahead. West Brew Vista. Boom. West Brew Del Mar. Boom. Tree Punk Ales, mm. Third Avenue. Woodstock's SDSU, Woodstock's Pacific Beach, O'Brien's Pub, Kearney Mesa, uh, Naughty Barrel, Downtown, Fast Times in Claremont. Elwood in Chula Vista. Elwood in Chula Vista, <laughs> Par Liquor in Claremont, Vine and Vine, shout out to Joey, the homie over there, Rabbit Hole, so you can go across the street as well. Those are all the places right now. It's a you want more? No, we're already sold out. All right, good. All right. I was going to say, there's more in the South Bay, the often neglected town of all no, of San Diego. No, yeah, I yeah, know. Jesus Christ, I love bro. All, I love that's, why, that's why I don't distribute out. That's why I, I, I want to own my backyard. I want to make sure the and people down here are sure. taken care of, that's, you know? That's a smart and that's move. that's it. Yeah. <sighs> what else we got? We're, oh, yes. That's what I was going to ask you. Oh. Um, what's your favorite beer right now, bro? What? what, what, what? Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. What's really? your favorite beer? Yeah, not, not West Brew. Uh, my favorite... <sighs> Fuck, that's a really good question. I know. Um, that's why I fucking asked yeah, it. No, Come on, no. guy. And I'm not going to ask you, what's the beer that got you into craft beer? No, no. Currently, right now, what is your favorite beer? Currently, my favorite beer. Fuck, that's... God damn, I don't know, man. That's a really... Like, that's a tough question. What's your favorite whiskey? What's your go-to libation? Oh. James, I just haven't been drinking a lot lately. No? No. Why? Uh... I got a lot into edibles. Shout out to Grasshopper. They deliver. Damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like over the over this last year, uh, I 
I, yeah, you know, I sip on some beers because I love them. I sip on some alcohol, but it's, yeah, it's not. Uh, I'm not a big beer fan. I know. I'm not a big beer fan. I know. My favorite beer is Pupil. Yeah. If, I, I in this industry. Say, I was going to say Pupil because it's, it literally, yeah. it was the only non- Safest bet. Yeah. Best brew beer I had yesterday. Safest bet. But I had a pint of it. I'll, I, I'll pay money. You know what? I, Pupil, uh, I love Carl Strauss with Rory Hoppy Alice. Never can go wrong with that. Like Never. That, that, that beer is a shout out to fucking Paul because that fucking beer, I swear to God, that fucking beer, you can go into the shittiest, dirtiest, grimiest. Unclean line serving bar. Ever. And pour pine. Bitch, of that. you were going to say your name. No, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> and you and you pour a hoppy Alice, and you're like, Ooh, oh, magic fuck, in a I, pint. I can still smell. I can still fucking smell the hops. Like how the fuck in a dirty ass line in this dirty ass fucking bar? How is this beer still fucking coming cold, crushing it? So like, I hoppy Alice is like one of those things Boom. where you see it on well the done. menu. It's like it's like a French dip, you know. And you see it on the menu, you just order it. I've never had French dip. You've never had a French dip sandwich. No. What is that? It's roast beef uh-huh. with some au jus. Go ahead. Sometimes they put some onions. What kind of bread? Uh, like a like a roll. Sometimes a submarine roll. Oh. Sometimes they put a little provolone on there. <laughs> Does not sound appealing whatsoever. But okay. Really? Yeah. yeah I, no, bro. I like tortas. I like Labella's uh, hot pastrami sandwich uh, with a uh, with melted cheese and pepperoncinis. Oh. Uh, That's how I get down. I like Labella's. It's delicious food. Everything within like todo con medida. I don't know how to translate it. Everything within reason. I mean, everything with a limit. Yeah. I can't have too much. When we first opened up here on Third Avenue, wow, fucking Labella was my daily drink. I was like, I went from one ninety five to two fucking forty real quick, yeah. and then I was like, eh, eh, gotta bring it back. And now I'm hanging out nicely at two hundred to two two five to ten. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had to drop a. I still got to drop another twenty, but mm. I, put, I put on probably fifty in the beer industry. No. No. This last year, just not working. Oh, the COVID, the COVID, oh, yeah. oh the COVID fifty, the COVID fifty. Jesus Christ! Oh, I, I, know, know. I definitely put on the COVID fifteen, yeah. and then I've, I've now it's down to the COVID five. Soccer, running, doing more shit. That's good. But I mean, oh man, dude, rough, dude. Well, hey. I, you know, I had the surgery, so I was, you know, couch bound for a while. That's right. You broke your leg or or your well, ankle. I broke my ankle a couple. Did years. you snapped your fucking ankle? I snapped my ankle, and then I had to have surgery on it again. Because oh, you snapped it again because you didn't yeah. like the first job. Yeah, well, I thought oh they did a shitty God. job. We do this again. <laughs> so they did that. So I was just I was chilling for too long. What's next for you? What's next? Westbrook related or not? Uh, working what's next. Yeah, obviously the Westbrook stuff uh, is first and foremost in my, in my mind, but fun stuff. Uh, I do a little podcast thing with, uh, with the happy Hill syndicate. You've uh, told me about this. Yes. Tell me a little bit so, about so, this. So happy Hill, happy Hill started out as a, a thing with Chris Maldonado and Jacob Nikos. And then me just kind of being in the periphery. I was on an Instagram live show that they were doing really, really short, right at the kind of the start of the pandemic. Uh, and then with that, like the three of us formed a really nice, strong bond and we really wanted to do other creative stuff. Cause we're all just kind of, we're all housebound and, and nothing else to do. Yeah. With nothing fucking else to do. And we're all drunk and high the entire time. Cause were you else, really, what else are you supposed to do? Work motherfucker. I was in a cast. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 proceed. Yeah. Pass, pass, pass. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm on Percocets and drinking Ooh. tequila and smoking weed. Damn, dog. <laughs> you sound like an after-school special. Yeah. <laughs> smoking cigarettes on the patio. Just going, oh, let, let, me, let me see if this uh, talking plate of ta- pasta will work. Jesus Christ. So, like, so we started developing that, and then we, you know, we put out a few kind of, it's really the idea was to do a 50s-style 50s radio show. Okay. With skits and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it's kind of morphed into a few different 
little side projects that we do. Uh, Jacob has, has brought back in the dangerous game thing with Jake Collins from society. And then, uh, and then we're also doing a, a kind of a live version that we wanted to do. I, I'm a huge fan of Johnny Carson. Okay. And I've always the wanted- creator of miracle whip. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Wow. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, so I always wanted to do a show like that, that really kind of old school, you know, whether it be Jack Parr, you know, David Letterman, Johnny Carson style talk show. Okay. So we do that. That's turned out to be a lot of freaking work. Apparently doing a two hour live show can be really painful. Bro, I tuned in one time and motherfucker, you were reading like a book, bro. I was reading Kerouac. I was like, damn, this motherfucker is like Andy Kaufman. Like it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I was like, Jesus Christ, who's he punishing? He's just reading a whole fucking book right now. But that's the thing. It gives us, a, it gives me a chance to explore a lot of those things, a lot of those kind of uh, comedic influences that I really, really love. Uh, you know, I love the National Lampoon, Doug Kenny, um, uh, James Beard, all the, what those guys do or did, um, and all that kind of stuff. So I want, so we want to do that. So we're exploring a lot of that stuff. So it's really fun. So, you know, if you're if you're listening, follow uh, the Happy Hill Syndicate on the Facebooks, uh, on the tweets, uh, Instagram. Follow Pasta Boy. That's always fun. Just doing that kind of stuff. Just a little creative outlet. Why not music? Because I'm not musical enough. I thought you used to produce beats, create beats, create this, create that. Get back into that. Don't be scared, fool. This is your time to shine. That's true. This is it. Yeah. Never in the history of our lives will we have the opportunity to shut everything down around us, focus 100% on working on your family, on yourself, and things that you really care about. That's true. Get it done, papito. Get it done. You're, you're, You're on the back nine of your life, bro. You're no longer, I'm sorry. I hate to be the motherfucker to break it wow. down to you. Thought, Do you think, are you going to make it to a hundred? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Well, guess what? Then you're on hole eight. Yeah. You're not quite on hole nine, but you're getting well, close, you know? Wow, that's cold. Why is it cold? It's that's true. Right. It's good. It's I'm on the back nine of my fucking life. I'm, at, I'm 41. I'd like to say I'm going to make it to 75. I get to see my boys grow up, start their own family, become a grandpa, and then peacefully ride into the sunset. You know? Yeah. How and, important is that to you? Because which part? I, I, this is the, one of the things that I find the most fascinating about you is you have three beautiful boys. They're not all beautiful, bro. They're fucking savages. They're animals. Well, one of them is really, really beautiful, and the other two look like dudes. Well, that scares uh, me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but- you firmly established the Garcia family as and your and your parents before you yeah. as as Chula Vista staples, and we I, live here. Yeah, and I see all of the work that you do every day, and I I see it as you working to give this gift to your three beautiful boys because that's really what you, legacy, talk, bro. When you talk about your back nine, like you 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 really are focusing. 100% on making sure that those boys have everything you had and more the same way your dad had everything and gave you more. I was hoping my front nine would have established all of that already. You know, ultimately, like I said, post 75 bonus, getting to 75 is the goal. You know, I'm 41 right now. That gives me another 34 years and make it happen. You know, ultimately people don't like to tap into this shit, but guess what, dog? There's an expiration date right on that ass cheek of yours and it's there and you ain't going to get it out of your head. It's there. We're all going to reach that finish line and that's where it ends. That's the one finish line you can't run through. That's the one fin. I have a tattoo on my arm. Linea ultima rerum. It's Latin for death is the final line. 
you know, and then I've been a firm believer in just like, live it up, do your thing, get it all out of your system. By the time you get to the finish line, I don't want to be like in a nice vessel where it's like, oh damn, that motherfucker had abs. He's this, he's that. Nah, bro. I want to be broken down, depleted, nasty. And people look at me like, God, this look his fucking guy. Look like you got through life, like living, doing his thing, you know? And the more I've read and the more I've learned and the more I, I believe in that. I firmly believe in just doing it, making it happen. I wanted to have all that set up in the front nine. So the back nine of my life, I can just hang out and watch my kids. I'm still doing that, but I'm doing that for myself. So I'm still working. I'm still grinding. I'm still pushing. And we're in the back nine of my life. My family is it. Yeah. There's nothing bigger. It's the priority. You know, it's the matriarch. It's my abuelita, you know, and it's from my abuelita. It goes down to my parents, from my parents. And it's us, yeah. you know, wifey and me. And then the children, you know, and you include my sister and my and my brother-in-law and, and my fucking nephew and everything and, and my my in-laws and everything. We're all in that, that little circle. But for me, it's that's it, bro. Like I'm I'm trying to grind every day yeah. so that these guys You're doing it for them, right? Yeah, that's it, bro. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. You know, I I hope I make it that far to 75, 80, so like I can sit back and kind of legitimately be like, damn, I did it. Look at this. But it's such a beautiful thing what you're doing is because you are like you're doing it all for them. Mm. And it's so clear that you are. You, you call it beautiful, but then I'm, and, and, some people around me will be like, fuck, dude, you're so fucking selfish. All you care about is this. Like, well, they can fucking kick right. Yeah, bro. Dicks, and, that, and, and that's the one thing I learned. Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck that. Trim the fat. Get it out of your system. Yeah. If, it, if it's not helping you grow, if it's not helping you get to your ultimate goal, and everybody has their own ultimate goals. Yeah. Mine, like I said, is setting my family up for fucking success to carry on the name and to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. You know? Those, those three boys are going to be three punk ales. Dude, I hope so. They are. You know, I, we it, all, we, I, and, you, and, and that's the, that, you know how fucking ill that is, bro? That's that's the dream. That's the dream that all of us have. I just want them to be comfortable in doing what they want. Yeah. I just want to create a, an atmosphere where they're comfortable coming to mom and to dad and being like, hey, dude, like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I want. Good. I'm happy you had the uh, the wherewithal and, and, and the the what's it called self-awareness self-awareness and 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 the yeah we'll stick with self-awareness to know that this is what you want like if if i can get my kids to realize what it is that they want and that they're fucking happy happiness is all that matters bro i don't give a shit about anything else nothing my kids going to sleep every night daddy let me give you a hug let me give you a kiss mama read a book to me fuck check mark success Fucking Kevin coming here for the fourth fucking time to wrap it up. You know, fuck it. You know what? You're awesome. We're all awesome. awesome. Life is beautiful. It is. We're going to continue to kill it. Monty's Revenge available tomorrow, Friday. Friday, Friday. Friday. Today, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. We're releasing this episode so you can prepare for March Madness, for the unveiling of Monty's Revenge and all of the places that Jay listed. Woodstock's, your primary source for pizza, the March Madness, and this fucking beer. Yes. Get it done. Get it. Get in there, get faded, get nasty, get X-rated, whatever you got to do, bro. Damn, dog. Damn, don't do that. Don't do that. The world is not ready for you guys to do that. Just relax. It's almost like we're red tier. Wait till the orange. Fuck it. Wait till the yellow tier. Wait till the yellow tier. Wait till the yellow tier. Once upon a time, there were no tears, bro. The fucking ducts of our teardrops were dry. Now we've got like six different tears to worry about. Well, thanks to the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Got it. Be, Did you get it? There might be no more tears. Did you get? Oh, damn. Look at you. My favorite Boom, white that's guy. That's it. I'm going to walk away. Fuck, that's so, it. That's Matt, Matt C. Slack. You know what? Sorry, dog. Jay Jones. El Charlie Way. My new favorite fucking white guy. Oh, snappers. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you guys all for listening. Make sure you follow us on all of the social media. You know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm going to let the recording do this. Thank you guys.
That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Hop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. Todo el pelo. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. See you